are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this movement and podcast known as the W-2 Capitalist. Today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Terry Judge. Terry is the founder and CEO of Core Solutions Groups, LLC. He is a visionary behind the brand and oversees much of growth and strategic business planning. Terry has an extensive entrepreneurial background with over 25 years in business ownership. He has been in the tax and cost segregation business for the last 14 years. Along with his team, he has completed thousands of engagements that have yielded over Get this, I want to make sure you hear this, a billion, that's with a B, dollars in net tax savings. So today, Terry and his firm's core are blessed to work with so many of the top accounting real estate firms, as well as the brand new investors who just purchased their first multifamily investment property. Terry, welcome to the show. Jay, great to be here, man. So excited. So before we dive into today's topic, I want to, I want to shine the light on you a little bit. You were recently... Uh, uh, highlighted in an article on Forbes.com, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty amazing. First one for you, I guess. First article on Forbes. You know, in, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was the, that was my first in Forbes. I've been in some other smaller, uh, you know, magazines and stuff like that, but not, uh, not, not at that level. So that was, uh, I saw my name in there. It was, it's like pretty interesting. I, uh, I say that like your first one, like I've done it before. I have not, I don't have any aspirations. I just know the name and it's out there and it's quite an achievement to get, to get recognized in there. So congratulations on, on that. That's, that's extremely awesome. Um, yeah, no, thank you. Let's talk about core, right? Let's talk about cost segregation. What is it? Uh, when do you actually use it? How do you use it? So let us know, let us dive right into this, right? And we're talking about this, this is not a product for single family uh, ownership or even small multifamily, the four units they're under. But let's talk about what cost, segrega cost segregation is, right? Yeah, let's just, yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's, it's, oh man. So first of all, we've been doing this for a long time. We've been doing this for over a decade, 14 years, done thousands of studies. Um, yes, you know, you, we, we are doing smaller uh, residential investment properties. Okay. Um, and some of the tax laws have changed. So the timing of having this conversation right now is, is really good. There's a lot of new investors getting into the market. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of sophisticated, you know, uh, investors that are not using cost irrigation just because maybe their CPA, you know, isn't really um, comfortable with it or doesn't understand it or hasn't really, you know, introduced it to their clients. We hear this all the time. Yeah. And even for the, the CPAs that are, you know, using some, maybe a, a firm out there, there's, what we're finding is that it's being, um, it's being underutilized as a strategy. So it's very important to add this into all of your investment strategies for a variety of different reasons. So basically, so let me just start from the beginning. So your listeners kind of, you know, get a good sense of what it is. And, you know, when you buy a building, it depreciates over a long period of time for multifamily 
properties, it's 27 and a half years. And for office and commercial, it's 39 years. So why in the heck would you let the IRS hold on to your money for 39 years? You know, you may be dead by then or yeah. <laughs> you want to be out of, out of that property. You know, usually the whole time for multifamily is five to seven years. So the, there's another and that's called the straight line method. That, that is a traditional accounting method. It's been in the tax code forever. You, you know, you're getting a small deduction over, over court every year for the course of that duration. So, but there's another pathway in the tax code that was, it was put in the tax code in the late 60s. And it went away in the tax reform of 86. And it's called cost segregation. And it's, it's another pathway in the tax code that the IRS will allow you to basically write off your building over a much shorter period of time. Let's just call it five years as opposed to 27 and a half years. And they allow you to front load all this depreciation in today's dollars so you can take it if time value of money, right? A dollar today mm-hmm. is worth more than a dollar down the road. So essentially you can create all this accelerated depreciation that you can use against income. So when you when we buy a property, um, you're going to, you know, Hopefully it produces income. That's why you buy real estate investing uh, or investment property. So it creates income. You're paying ordinary in taxes on that income. And therefore the smart thing to do is to mitigate that, that your, you know, your ordinary income tax, whether that's 37 percent, 39%, whatever that is, if you can mitigate that down to zero, that becomes hugely attractive for real estate investors. And that's, and that's, that's the, the, you know, it's the eighth wonder of the world. Cost segregation has become very, very powerful and very, very important if it's utilized correctly. I see it kind of underutilized, maybe misutilized and not even utilized at all. So that's So we come in from an engineering uh, kind of a, a aspect. There's, there's engineering, there's, there's tax and then there's legal. And, you know, my team, we basically kind of we dissect the building. We break the building down into its, all these different components right down to the electrical outlets. And we can segregate or separate out all these components into shorter life. Therefore, and, we, and that's called personal property. But that's more, you know, real property. And it goes into personal property at a federal level. I don't want to get too technical into the weeds. Right. Um, that's, that's <laughs> Thank you. The, yeah, we're, we're not going there today. Not, not right it, now, right? <laughs> we're just keeping it high level, baby. I love it. And, um, and, and, and so that's how it works. So, you know, essentially, you're just taking a much quicker uh, depreciable schedule. You're writing off your building, right? Your building is made up of hundreds of components, and therefore we're just we're dissecting out these components and I'll qualify for shorter life, and then you can write it off much faster, creating uh, a huge expense. You can kind of knock down your income, and some of those assets are, let's say, you know, wiring portions of the plumbing, your irrigation, parking lots, all your interior improvements, fixtures drainage, retaining walls, swimming pools, all that stuff can now be written off in a much shorter period of time. And don't uh, ask me about bonus depreciation because that's, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to pause here. You may have a question (laughs) or two, but because I can just keep rolling with this stuff. I I am sitting here typing notes as fast as you're talking. So whenever you were going to start, I was going to dive in with a couple of them. So yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) I'll take a, I'll take a pause. Okay. (laughs) So, when it comes to cost segregation, what one of the benefits you said you, you get to instead of the IRS holding on to that money essentially for 27 and a half years or 39, whatever the asset class allows, 
you're able to do it. You said within five years, five years as an example, or that's kind of what, what, uh, the, the, the norm or what the cost segregation policy allows. So prior to some of the new, the, uh, the tax cut and jobs act, and that was, that happened really kind of at the beginning of 2018 before that, the IRS would allow you to put certain components into a five-year, a seven-year, and a 15-year life, as opposed to your 27-and-a-half-year gotcha. life, okay? So now fast forward into the, some of the new tax reform that has taken place over the last two years. It's been absolutely insane on all the changes. And so now, if you've, made a, if you've purchased a property after, and I'll just get real specific here, September 27th of 2017, Anything from 2017 forward, okay, September 27th of 17 forward, you now qualify for a first year 100% bonus depreciation. Now, people are like, well, what the heck does that mean? So instead of, instead of the five and seven and 15 year buckets, okay, because yeah. all, your, all your land improvements would go in 15 year and then all your interior upgrades would be typically in a five year, let's just say. So now all that stuff, your 15 year, and your, and your seven year and your five year can now get written off in one year, your first year of ownership. You're, you're just now compressing it now into year one. And that has really opened up a lot of even the smaller real estate investors um, that can do this economically. It makes sense for them. Before the, the tax changes, we were doing properties, you know, probably a million dollars in purchase price and above, okay, in, in terms of cost. Right. Now we're doing properties down to half a million dollars and above um, because even those smaller properties, they, they're such a huge first year cash benefit now because we're, we're kind of moving that 15 year life into one year. So hopefully that the, the listeners are, are following me. You're just getting a bigger bang for, for the buck. So if somebody invests, let's say a hundred grand as a, as an investor with you, they potentially, you know, could get a hundred thousand dollar write off in the first mm. year, which offsets their investment. Okay. So it becomes very attractive for syndicators. People are getting this huge depreciation bump on their K ones as becoming an investor, you know, with the syndication. So um, it just becomes an attractive situation, even more than what it was, you know, prior to some of yeah. the tax changes. And, it, and just for clarity, K ones are the forms that the, the your syndicator is going to issue you at the end of the year when you file taxes, much like your employer is going to issue you a W two, or if you're a contracted 1099 K one is the earnings report or uh, losses in some cases, right? It's the better, correct. Uh, that's the form you're going to get from, from your syndicator. So, um, so let me, let me ask you this. Are you, there's just so much to digest here. I, I, I'm sitting here trying to figure out which way is the best way to go. But how you talk about cost segregation, you can do it all in one year if you if you bought something since September 2017 uh, or September 27, 2017. If I haven't done, let's just say I bought a property in September of 2017. I can't go back and use the new tax laws, right? I, I have to do the, the typical five-year, seven-year, uh, 15-year, or do you have to initiate a cost segregation the first year that you purchased the property? No, that's a great question. Uh, you, so you, you, you don't have to, and if, if, let's say you bought the building in 2018, you know, let's just say, now it's 2020, the IRS will allow you to go back in time for the date of purchase, read 
do that depreciation and you get to carry it forward into the current tax year without amending returns, by the way. So the IRS allows a one, it's awesome. The IRS allows a one-time consent uh, where where you, what's called a 481 adjustment where therefore you can go back in time. You don't have to amend returns and the IRS will allow you to take that missed depreciation in today's dollars or today, I'm sorry, in today's tax year or in, in the tax year, relevant, so let's say 2019, uh, and then it has a 20-year carry forward as well. So whatever depreciation you don't use, the excess will spill over into the follow-up years. So you never lose it. That's awesome. Uh, which is which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you said earlier, you said that typically cost segregation has usually been one of those vehicles for properties that were purchased with a million dollars or more, but now you guys are doing them with $500,000 or more, right? Is, is there a... It, minimum that, I mean, is that 500,000 a minimum or does there cases where it makes sense to even go lower to look at doing a cost segregation? Yeah, we've done them smaller. Let's just say there's a three to $400,000 in uh, in basis. Normally we would do, you know, if there's, let's say a few couple duplexes or there's 10 residential homes that somebody owns as an investment property, we'll, we'll do a bulk or a block of those and package them up. You know, we are looking for you know, half a million dollars or more. But if somebody had, let's say, three or four little duplexes over here for a couple hundred grand each, well, you add those up, it makes sense for us to go in there and, and do it. Because we, we, we literally have an engineer that literally will go out to the, to, the, to the properties and go through. There's some IRS requirements. So we take photos. We take a look at their electrical, wiring, plumbing, you know, what's going on as far as the, the, the grounds and, and things of that nature. So... Um, yeah, so it just has to make economic sense. Now, we, you know, we have the ability to do run a, a no-cost analysis. We don't charge for the benefit analysis. So we'll actually run some numbers, and it'll, and we'll, it'll actually spit out what the first-year cash benefit uh, would be. So somebody can make a sound decision whether this is going to make sense. We'll let them know, okay, this is going to be our cost, and this is your first-year net tax savings in your pocket. And usually, average, it's about a couple hundred grand and net tax savings per engagement that we get involved in. So we're not talking about, you know, nickels and dimes and we're, we're yeah. talking about dollars. We're not, <laughs> Dollar we're, not, we're not trading $1 for $2. It's $1 for maybe a hundred. Right. So it's usually um, a 20 times. It's usually a 20 X uh, return one for 20. Awesome. 20 X yeah. return. So as for, for me, as a, as a multifamily syndicator or deal sponsor, you know, one of the things I'm looking at and right now there's, a lot of the deals I'm looking, they just don't make sense for, for our investing criteria. Right. One thing I have not done is in, initiate cost segregations. I've never done a cost segregation study. Uh, oh, okay. So, so this, the main reason why I want to talk to you today is kind of pick your brain about that. And uh, the, the podcast here is a little self-serving because it's things I want to know about, uh, which is, <laughs> which is not very good. I need to pay more attention to the listener, but hopefully they're, they're on the same path that I, as I am. And, you know, one of the cost segregation is one of those things that when I've heard in the past, it's always kind of scared me away. Right. And, and I don't know why I think it was just, it's one of those things where it has been, at least in the circles that I ran, it's been one of those uh, um, probably not understood, right, to your level, yeah. somebody who's been in the business for 14 years and somebody who has can see the cost savings that, that um, 
that it can provide for your customers. Is there, is there a scenario, let's just take a, a property that's $3 million, right? Um, is there a scenario where it makes, does it make sense to do a cost segregation? Yeah. So there's only two reasons why a cost seg, in my opinion, would not work. One is that the property is making no income. It's sitting there, it's empty. Maybe it's going through renovations. There's no, you don't need additional depreciation to take. Uh, the second one would be you are going to flip it or you are going to dispose of it under three years. That is the timing window that I suggest and recommend to my clients. So if you meet the, you know, the two criteria, then it, it doesn't make business sense not to do the cost egg. And I think, in my opinion, again, you're leaving money on the table by, doing a, by depreciating it over the normal straight line method. So those are the only the two reasons. Um, you know, there's a word that comes up <clears throat> that's called recapture. When you go to sell it, the IRS is going to want some of that money back. Now, that is true, but the, the way, and I, I'm not going to get into this on your show, um, but we certainly can advise on how to structure the cost segregation properly. So therefore, when you sell the building, you have more in real property and less in personal property mm. because that is what the IRS is going to bill you on in terms of the uh, ordinary income tax rates. On that, depreci- on that depreciation that you took already. Okay, so we can we, we show you how to mitigate that and do it correctly. If you're going to get rid of the building in, let's say, three years yeah. or under, we, we can run a recapture analysis for, for, uh, for you and for, for your listeners or for your clients just to kind of give you an idea uh, of what that's going to look like because that's good to prepare uh, for that. But if you're going to hold it, if you're going to hold it past three, four years, it, it, you're so far ahead of the game by doing that then it makes total sense. And there's strategies that you cost segregation can re, can take the place of a 1031 exchange if you do it correctly as well, because that, that 1031 has put pressure on investors to find that next property very quickly, and therefore you now are overpaying. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, yeah. you see this because <laughs> they're like, oh, they're fear lost and they, they have to or, find that property. Yeah, or like me, back, just backing out and paying the taxes on it anyway. <laughs> just just right in the right in the check. Yeah, yeah, just do that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you yeah. said earlier that the, sometimes the cost segregation method is misused. What did, what did you mean by that? Um, underused, misused would probably be maybe where, like your case, you know, a, a certain situation where maybe you didn't have the right knowledge or education or something in your head that didn't, that, you know, you said, nah, I'll just pay the, I'll just pay the taxes. You know, so we see that happening. That there's a lot of disconnect between maybe you know your CPA. Maybe your CPA is not promoting this. We see, we, you know, we find that a lot as well. Um, then there's the other we see. You know, and again, I don't. There's the engineering method which we use, which is the which what the IRS wants. And we we've seen some firms out there doing what's called maybe like a a, a sampling approach, where it's more of a desktop approach. Mm-hmm. They charge a lot less, but when you're doing a property of let's say two, three, four, five million dollars and above, let's say it's there's a lot of land improvements. Um, we don't, we you know, we say you know that's probably not the best type of study that you can have. And the IRS is uh, strict in terms of you know you you um, if they come and look at that and it's not documented correctly, there could be some disallowances or they could actually throw the entire study out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be you know careful on how you. Uh, redo all the depreciation, how you're taking the depreciation and using what methods are you using to get the maximum depreciation where it's documented 
the word that you have, you know, whatever company you choose provides 100% audit defense as well. That's important. So the engineering method is, is, is the most sophisticated uh, approach. And, um, you know, that's what we do. That's what we recommend. So if I'm hearing you correctly, these cost segregation studies are open for an audit at any point in time, just like your taxes are. I mean, just like anything with taxes, right? So they can come back and even though they've approved it or whatnot, I mean, is there an approval process? Let's just say you and I we no. did a study on a, a property, we submit it. Um, I mean, is there a submitted submission piece or does my CPA just do it? And then we've got the yeah. cost segregation study to back it up. And then if we ever get audited, they're going to come looking for that study. And then if they disagree with something in that study, then they're going to probably find you or, or whatever it is. That's right? exactly right. It, this okay. is, yeah, this is not, <clears throat> the IRS does not look at cost segregation as an aggressive approach. Okay. It's in the tax code. It's 100% legal. They give you two pathways, as I mentioned earlier. They just want it to be documented correctly. You don't have to submit anything to the IRS unless you're doing a look back study, as we talked about in previous years. Yep. That, what That's called a 481 adjustment. That would be attached to your tax return and that gets sent to the IRS. But as far as the actual engineering study, it'll sit on your bookshelf and that is your that is your backup. That is your audit defense if if it's ever needed. Uh, yeah. You know, so the auditing or the review risks are very very low in cost segregation. You know, but you just want to have your ducks in a row sure. if that ever if the IRS ever did say, hey, what's that extra five hundred grand? You know, sitting in you know on your tax return. What <laughs> you better be able to. You back How did you come up. up with that number? Well, I yeah. talked to Terry, and Terry said just put the number down. <laughs> right. Terry's gonna be like, no, no, we didn't. We didn't say that. <laughs> uh, right, so, kind of say that because we, we know we're gonna be able to defend you if everything anything uh, should. should so down. is that part of if I engage with you on a cost segregation study and an audit does occur? Is part of your package deal, uh, or do you have a package deal to where you're like, all right, if you get audited, then we're we're there for you to help you through this process? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have one fee, and that's it. It takes care of the travel, it takes care of you know wherever we got to, all the other goodies is all built in. Your audit gotcha. defense is, is covered. Yeah. So, so is it a per per unit fee, or is it just a flat fee per property? What's what does the cost actually look like? Yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a flat fee per property per LLC typically. Yeah. Um, you know, every property is a little different, like multifamily versus office versus a garden style, you know, apartment that's got a, a, more of the of the landscape, a sprawling landscape, you know, more sidewalks, more uh, acreage, I should say, and that kind of thing. But so every we just look at every project kind of individually and then we come up with a, a fixed cost. Uh, based on size, based on floors, based on was there major renovations and and, and and what we call disposition. So was there a lot of assets that were ripped out and thrown in the dumpster? Mm-hmm. How many buildings are there? How many LLCs are there? Are we going back in time? You know, all that. There's just, just different variables. On a lot of variables go into a, it. With, gotcha. a, with a fee. Yeah, it's very cost effective. Um, and if my CPA is misusing uh, cost segregation or is not giving me advice to do it, and I'm a multifamily syndicator, do I need to convince him to use it or do I just need to go find a new CPA? What's going to be the easier route for me to take? <laughs> yeah, boy, it's, it's, I've, seen it, I've seen it both ways, man. I've seen investors yeah. get really upset that they, they, they just can't believe that their CPA has not brought this to them. So we try... And we're not a CPA firm, so we love to we love our CPA partners. You know, mm-hmm. we love to partner with them. We we try to we you know our 
our thing is like, you know, let's be proactive because your client that doesn't own a property today may own a property tomorrow. They may yeah. be out looking for a, a building because their business is growing and it's time to move from a renter to an owner. And I just tell the, I tell the CPAs, you know, put this in your, in your newsletters, put this on your website that you offer cost segregation, you know, yeah. and we're just, be, we're just behind the scenes calculating out all of the, we're just computing all the numbers. We're doing the site visits, you know, we're making, we're, we're making the magic happen behind the scenes and therefore they're just creating, they're giving, they're, you know, they're just providing more value uh, to their clients. Yeah, so that's, that's, uh, awesome. that's important. Yeah, that's important. So we, we also can do, you know, we can also help our CPAs, you know, with property tax uh, issues and, and mitigation and between real and personal, there's all these different things that go on in that, in the, in that, in that world, you know, we just have a kind of a bird's eye view within that and we can help mitigate, you know, especially if they, if somebody's going to buy a property that somebody else has owned for 20 years <laughs> and that thing is going to uncap and those property taxes are going to explode. And some of your listeners probably know what I'm talking about. That can yep. kill a deal that can kill the ROI and the cash on cash because boom, that just property taxes have gone up. So we try to help mitigate that and, and try to minimize that. And there's certain things that uh, can be done uh, so, to do that as well. And most, in, most indicators that I've uh, in my circle or, you know, my investing philosophy too is we look at properties, we're going to hold them for between five to 10 years. So this completely makes sense. Uh, yes. You know, as you get into the, the buy and hold game, you think you're going to own something forever. Uh, at least I did when I first started. I'm like, no, it makes too much sense to sell it right now. And I'd be dumb not to, not to do that. So um, this is something that's it's been on my radar for a while. And again, I didn't, I didn't understand it. <clears throat> I knew that it was going to cost a little bit of penny. I, I didn't know the, the huge tax benefits that you're talking about here and, and the size of the properties. Cause I had heard, you know, the minimum was like 3 million or something like that is, is what, what the requirement was. But no. um, you mentioned something earlier about time value of money. Right. And this is why this is so important, at least why it's coming up on my radar, because with everything that's going on in, in, in the world right now, in, in our world, at least, you know, they're, the government is pumping a lot of cash into the economy to kind of keep it stabilized, whatnot. People who are way smarter in economics than me are predicting that is going to do hyperinflation. Right. So the value of a dollar. Yep. Uh, a year from now, uh, what I could buy for a dollar today might be a dollar ten, dollar twenty. You know, uh, it might cost me that much. So I think it's extremely important, uh, and that's why it's coming up on my radar now is to to think about this and start doing these sort of studies. But what do, what do you think as far as because you've got to follow some some of the economic trends and and being uh, tuned into the economic climate of, of what's going on with COVID and, and all the layoffs and everything. What do you, where do you think we're going is from an inflation inflationary standpoint? I mean, do you think we're going to hit some records as far as inflation? And if so, what is, what is that record going to look like? Man, I, I don't know what the, your crystal ball, everybody's got yeah, one. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely feel like we're, we're, we're going into some weird times. I think there's going to be some compression, you know, I, I think, so, you know, depending on who you talk to or listen to, some people say we're going into a mini recession and there's going to be a buying, a lot of buying opportunities, you know, on the horizon. I think there's going to be, you know, more competition because people are thinking along those lines. So we'll mm. see. But, you know, our clients are still moving forward with with buying. We, we have seen it slow down, you know, just in our world. We're doing a lot of 
we're still doing clients that, you know, were making great money prior to COVID hitting yeah. and they were buying buildings in 2019. So we're really just finishing up our 2019 tax year yeah. and then it'll be, and, and then we're, you know, we have seen the acquisition side, some people that were, we're going to do developments, you know, or, or buy has definitely the brakes have, you know, hit, slowed down a little bit, but just, just what we're hearing and some of the podcasts, you know, we're, uh, what I'm on and we're, you know, we're still seeing people, man, they're excited. They're, 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 they're buying, they're still, they're buying deals. They're looking at deals. They're, they're trying to get concessions from the people that are selling. And, and that has definitely been, uh, definitely been key, uh, within that. So, yeah. you know, as far as we're, we're in a, we're in a political season right now, which is just on, makes it even 10 times crazier. Um, who knows what's going to happen in November, I'm telling my clients to to make sure that if you if you and I'm you know you being you know just a perfect candidate right now just with our conversation like like move on this because who knows if cost segregation is going to be around next year mm. you know um, there are some people that if they get their way uh, they feel like this is a loophole for the rich which it kind of is <laughs> I mean it, you know we're, we're you know <laughs> isn't everything a loophole for the rich right <laughs> <laughs> and some people want to make that stuff go away who are those people who do we need to not vote for because that's we don't want to you know because it's it's funny well it's, we it, know who they are it's not it's it's definitely not the guy uh, in the White House right now who's who's taking I'm sure taking advantage of of cost segregation studies for for his entire career right yeah so i mean that's yeah (laughs) uh, yeah so it's it's one of those things where i hate when 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 um well i i don't hate it i I think it's it's interesting that when you don't play by the rules you whine and cry and you i want the rules to work for me which i i I get but uh right i would just i know it's going to be a harder battle to change the rules just know the rules, follow them and, and play the game. Right. And, and it's, it's the game we're in. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and again, I like to say that cost segregation is, is really been the gift that keeps on giving. It doesn't matter who's in office. Cause you look back, I've, I've been doing this for 14 years. So I've seen some different presidents go in and out right. and cost segregation just keeps getting better no matter who's in office. So knock on wood, you know, let's just hope yeah. you know, that, 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 <laughs> that's still looked upon as a way to grow the economy. And to stimulate the economy <clears throat> through that, because if that goes away, man, that, that oof, that's not a good, that's yeah. not good. Depreciation is why people get into one of the big reasons, I mean, obviously cash flow, but to preserve your wealth and to grow your wealth and to duplicate your wealth, um, depreciation is so key. Yeah. So and, and what I love you said earlier is don't let the IRS hold on to your money. Right for that extended period of time, I, I love that. I, I'm not a big fan of big government or the IRS. I think the IRS needs to um, uh, go away. Right, talk about defunding things. That's one of the things I think needs to go away. For I don't know what that would do to your business, though. By the way, <laughs> if it went away, but I, I think it just definitely needs some reform. Right, in, in the way that things things are handled. Um, but I I sure. uh, I um I want to make sure that that uh actually i'm stumbling on words here because i realize that without the irs there probably would be no cost segregation right oh for sure yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. They, they they yeah they, they i mean they did put it in the code and and yeah. and it's but legal and it's it, in the they're law not going and, anywhere right they're not they're not going anywhere no <laughs> not, no. not anytime soon no um, not anytime soon 
and we need Terry to keep his job. So we're going to, we're going to vote you. for the, the folks who want to keep, keep Terry's job. <laughs> I think about that sometimes. I'm like, man, what the heck would I do? I'd have to, I don't know. I'd become a podcaster. I'd be, uh, <laughs> that'd be kind of a cool uh, yeah. business. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how I would make any money, but I would just be, you know, just interview guys like you and, I'm still Hopefully trying to figure that out myself. Somebody. So <laughs> so two things, I know we're coming up here on time, is that you're based out of Michigan, but I don't have to own or invest in Michigan to initiate you for your services, right? I, I can be anywhere in the U.S. or, or is there a yeah, limit on where you guys will go? No, no, we're in all 50 states. We travel to the, to the sites. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of what we do. Our process is usually 30 days, ran and out. Um, it's pretty simple. You know, we kick off a project. There's a few things that we ask for in terms of uh, just documentation. And uh, then that's it. We, we you know, once we finish the site visit, usually it takes us a couple weeks to write up the report, finish the report. We send that out. We have a review call with, this, with, this, with your CPA, if that's what you choose, and yourself. We're going to go over our numbers. We call that the executive summary. And then, um, then we send out your final deliverable, which is about 100 and some pages of, uh, mm. of just detail that breaks out your building, you know, down line item, just every, every single nickel that goes into your building. That's your IRS <laughs> audit swatter, right? Yeah. Anyway, here's, the, here's the information. That's your swatter. <laughs> that's your, that's your, your sleep at night. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll all cozy, all cozy uh, toast, and cuddly. Toasty, toasty warm. <laughs> so, so let me back up here a minute before we wrap up. This question just came to my mind is that, you know, as I'm underwriting deals, because I'm, look, I'm looking, right? I'm continuing to look. Um, there are some very prideful owners and sellers out there when they, they look at their prices and, or what they're asking. And quite frankly, I would be too, because there's people willing to pay it, which I don't understand how and how they're able to provide returns to their investors. But when I underwrite a deal, um, how can I, cause I know there's a lot that goes into what you guys do and actually provide the numbers, but is there a, uh, an override button that I can say, okay, per unit, I can think about this percentage, uh, of a, of a tax deduction for that year one, if we want to do the accelerated, right, let's just keep it simple and say that year one, but as I'm underwriting and I want to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to get all this money back, right. Or, or it's going to be a depreciating line item. What, is there a number that I can use for that? Or what's the best way to do that as I'm underwriting new deals? So you're asking me what would be, how do I, like, what, how do you figure out what your, you know, your, your first year, you know, cash savings would be? Exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah. So it's all tied to the purchase price, you know, minus the land. So we back the land out. Yep. <clears throat> Different from land improvements, but we do back the land out in terms of what, what we tie to the basis. Then we have a estimating software tool that we, we just punch in uh, purchase price any, you know, renovations, let's say, you know, capex cost, and then that'll actually spit out your first year cash savings. I will tell you rule of thumb for about every million dollars in purchase price by doing a cost segregation study, you're probably going to see, you know, around 200 grand in net tax savings. Wow. So you can just use that as a kind of a gauge for every million bucks going to generate about 200 grand in, yeah. in kind of, upfront money that you can use to use in, in your underwriting and, 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 and ROI and cash on cash numbers, because that is, that does help. That, that does, you know, that is important to add that in. 
I'm starting to see that now, which is great. As I'm, yeah. I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for as an investor, looking for multifamily deals as well. And I can't tell you how many times I see, I'm looking through their perspective and I'm looking at, <laughs> and there's no mention of cost segregation. Yeah. I'm like, gosh. And, but now I'm starting to see more people more actually more. build that into the numbers, which is refreshing um, yeah. to me. So that's, yeah. And is that 200,000 per million? Is that more on the conservative side or is that more on the, the high end side? Um, I'd say in the middle. Okay. Uh, we like to take an, a, a pretty conservative approach in the due diligence phase. Yep. Therefore, once we're hired and we actually do the engineering analysis, we're always finding more. Could be 10% more, could be 5% more, could be 15% more until we actually get out to the site. <clears throat> um, you know, we, we, we try to use a, a conservative allocation of what we're breaking apart into shorter lives. Gotcha. But gotcha. What's nice about our, our system is our, we, we, we have all the new, all the tax rulings and memorandums and bonus depreciation all built into our, into our estimating tool. Okay. But when we just punch in the numbers, it'll actually spit out a pretty accurate first year number based on if it's multifamily, based on if it's um, commercial, senior living, hotel, okay. commercial, et cetera. Because gotcha. they're all a little different in terms of our return. Very, very cool. Lots of stuff we can unpack, man. I know we could, we could go there. Uh, we could get real technical real quick and I appreciate you not doing that here on this episode, but, uh, if people want to do a little bit deep dive further with you and kind of understand, uh, how they can utilize call segregation or maybe use it better, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Terry? You know, I, I would just say, let me just give you my email. I think that's the best way. I have a Calendly link <clears throat> underneath my signature line. <clears throat> so if somebody emails me, um, then they can just get on my schedule. Happy to chat with you about your properties. Happy to put together a benefit analysis. We don't charge for that due diligence. Uh, we're pretty easy to work with in that regard. So um, so email is, so it's T judge just like here comes the judge j-u-d-g-e t-judge at core advisors.net not com but dot net so t-judge at core advisors.net advisors is with an n on the end right yes i mean s advisors.net <laughs> i was sitting here looking at dot net i was like what <laughs> yeah that, i just said it <laughs> <laughs> you know what i was trying to sit here and think of is when you said terry here comes the judge i was like i gotta i gotta come up with something to uh it had to be a nickname in high school or something right oh yeah <laughs> I, I, I had other ones too but yeah. just leave it the pg <laughs> version yeah i appreciate that <laughs> well terry thank you very much for being on here you definitely have opened my eyes uh just a little bit further on call segregation and realized that if i'm not doing it I, i'm missing out on a huge not only tax savings, anytime I, I get to, and I'm using air quotes here, still from the IRS, I feel like I've done my uh, do uh, good deed for the day, but uh, also Absolutely. to save my uh, potential partners, investors money, right? From, from doing this. So that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. That's key, man. Yeah. That's so yeah. key. Well, Terry, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm going to connect with you hopefully here sometime in the future. I'm, I'm submitting a, a one LOI a week. Uh, on properties that kind of fit that criteria. They're, they've been in the, I think the, the biggest one has been uh, 3 million. The most of them have been around one and a half, two million that I've been submitting LOIs. And, and um, yeah, I, I, am, I am confident that if I kick over enough rocks, I'm going to find a gym. Uh, we'll just, uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. 
just gotta, you just gotta just keep kicking. Yeah. Well, Jay, yeah. man, I, 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 I really appreciate you having me on. It's been a pleasure to uh, get to know you and, uh, you know, everything you stand for. So, uh, hopefully we can do this in the future. Maybe we'll do some business together. That's, that's what I'm hoping for, right? Because if Light I'm doing lines, business man. with you, lines, baby. I've, got, uh, I've got a property that uh, is going to be shooting out some good cash flow mm-hmm. and pro- providing some great returns. So Yeah, man. I'm looking too, so as you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we love talked to, about love that Love to collaborate. All right. right, we'll do. Terry, Locking thank you very out. much, man. You have Thanks, a great Jay. day.